everybody. Welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, first timer to all things Yona. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host. Hey, I'm Alex. Came out real strong out of the gate. I wanted to switch it up this week because I feel like we do the same intro every week. We <laughs> sure got a do. Little over <laughs> I don't know how I liked that one. Did you want to start over? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody already knows I'm lame as shit. I don't need to hide that. There we go. Our true lame selves. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all for coming back. Or if you're tuning in for the first time, sorry, we're lame, but you yeah. should keep going anyway. <laughs> I was thinking about that today, actually. I was like, oh, you know, it would have been a really good place between the second and third arc to be like uh, previously on Yona to like catch you up if you want to just kind of jump in. Uh-huh. Because they do those at the beginning of each Yona volume. And I'm like, it cracks me up to read that because I'm like, if you're picking up volume 35 of something, I should really hope that you know where we're at in the story so far. Mm-hmm. But then I guess maybe you could have like skipped a volume or it's been like three months and this isn't the only thing you spend all of your time and energy on. So oh, maybe you've yeah. forgotten. Yeah, I do appreciate when authors of books do that, like, I don't know how common it is, but I know like Christopher Paolini, when he was writing The Inheritance Cycle, which is, you know, Aragon and all of those after, but he would always have a summary at the beginning of each sequel novel, which was great because there are always huge gaps in between the books. And then so I very much needed to be like, okay, what the hell was going on? (laughs) (laughs) But that makes sense because it's like two years between publication dates or you know more than that uh but between yona volumes it's like two months oh really gotcha yeah i was wondering today i was like uh how often it came out because i was thinking out you know i was uh when i was pulling up my dubiously found copy you know and it had all the volumes listed up and mm-hmm. i was like okay we're at 200 something and i was like okay but it has been several years since the anime so how long has this been going on <laughs> a long time yeah I was thinking about it because I just picked up uh, volume 35 and by picked up I mean I put an order in Barnes and Noble a really long time ago and forgot about it and then got the email the other day that was like hey your book has arrived and I was like oh really that's nice I don't remember placing this order but cool yes, it's nice when you have presents for yourself that you forget yeah. about yeah so yeah I, I opened it and the very first page is like the story so far here are our heroes and their like backgrounds and things and I'm like I why would you need this? But then, you know, maybe it's been three years since you yeah. picked one up. and Or maybe or maybe you host a podcast and sometimes you have guests that are friends who've never read anything in their lives. And, <laughs> and still do not read when they come on our podcast. Yeah, but it's convenient to drop them in during a new volume when they can at least get a summary. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh I'm going to have fun catching press up for when he possibly joins us in June. I have asked him and he has tentatively agreed. But the last time he agreed, we had to push off like three recording times or something like that. Yeah, that like, boy's dance card stays full. Yep, his he dance card is a hundred friends that are always getting married. Always. Like every time I'm at his house and I'm just like looking at all the wedding invitations on his fridge, I'm like, how do you still know this many people? 
that aren't married yet because they're new ones because i'll look i'm like oh are these old like i have like tony and celine's thing yeah. up and i still have my cousin austin's from like several years ago mm-hmm. and then i'm looking it's like they're new ones they're current ones <laughs> like, what the yeah hell? i think he's just good at making friends so i think that is how he has seventy thousand weddings 70, to go thousand fucking weddings to go to god bless him but hopefully not in june i have tentatively booked him i will remind him We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We're really deep in it by the time he comes back. So, like, I have no idea what he's going to prep. Yeah, he's great. Okay, but speaking of series and Kuznagi specifically, I have finally finished NG Life. Round of applause. It only took me a year to get back to it. <laughs> but that means that I have read all of her backlog. Hell I'm yeah. I'm so happy with it. And I will... Just say that Mugen Spiral is the only one that I think is worth reading. So how many does she have total? Okay, so she has eight, including Yona. Okay, and Mugen Spiral is the only one that grabbed you. Yes, I think that one is great. It feels kind of proto-Yona. Like, a lot of people say that, uh, okay, I have the title in Japanese. (laughs) I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce it, but it's the, like, one shot she did of the sort of Arabian Nights feel. Oh, cool. So basically that one's really like proto-Hakanyona and it's basically like this king decides, he, he sees this girl in the desert. She's burying her family because his like tribe has killed her tribe. And so he sees her and he's like, you interest me. So he takes her as his bride and she's like, I fucking hate you. I want you to die. And so she tries to run away a lot, but he keeps snagging her and then they like fall in love. It's a one shot. My problem is that like Kuznagi is really good at long form narratives. Yeah, I was going to say her slow burn is really good. Her slow burn is so good, but she's not great at the beginning. So like the first arc, I feel like we talked about having wobbles and like there were some pacing issues that other people had more problems with than we did but they still definitely existed and uh it's the same for ng life it took me forever to read the first 20 chapters because i'm like jesus christ i'm so bored my problem with ng life is that i knew who was going to end up together and they put too much focus on oh no are they going to end up together and i'm like like fucking obviously we know that these two are going to end up together So I was just kind of bored by the drama to be like, it's the same thing at every chapter of like, oh, no, he doesn't like me. And then he'd be like, why does she like run away and freak out whenever I talk to her? It's like classic shoujo stuff. And I like, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. Um, So, yeah, her like getting started is kind of an issue for her. So I don't tend to like care for her one shots. Yeah. With the exception of Mugen Spiral, which was really good, like straight off the bat. But only because the main guy, like, turns into a cat occasionally. And that is very funny. Anyway. Yep. So that's that. Yona's still the best. Uh, NG Life is, like, strictly middle of the road with Game Rush, which was okay. And the Arabian Nights one. And (laughs) the worst is she also did another one shot about neighbors where this girl comes over hang out with this guy and then she's like actually I'm gonna move away and he's like or maybe he's moving away one of them is moving and the other one's like don't move uh I love you (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. And there's like a cat and some noodles. I don't know. <laughs> Bless you, Kuznagi. I love you. But like, what? And then another in the what, which is her worst work, is there's one about like a school club that I genuinely do not know why she wrote it. There's literally no plot. And I guess that's slice of life, but it still bugs me because I don't know why it was written. And it like haunts <laughs> me. There's no ending. There's no real beginning. It's just like it's just there. Anyway, that's my my uh, long-winded rant on uh, finally finishing Kuznagi's backlog. Although I do, okay, so in defense of NG Life, it had some really cool things to say that she eventually also says in Yona about, like, being able to move on from your past. Mm-hmm. Stuff she was workshopping for later with Yona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except, so, like, in that case... It does get kind of deep and like beautiful uh, that where the like main characters kind of haunt. Okay, so the plot is that this guy can remember all of his past lives and he uh, eventually finds all the people that he was with back when they all lived in Pompeii right before the like explosion of the volcano. And so they all died and he's like, I'll remember you. And uh, then eventually they're all like reincarnated. He he can remember them and like see them as who they are. So like his best friend back then was a dude and now it's a girl. And so he's like, you're going to be my best friend. And she's like, I don't know who you are, but like, cool, let's do it. And then that's who ends like spoilers, but like not really because obviously. Um, so his best friend is like in love with him from day one. And well, not day one. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I remember you talking about this one because you were talking about homosexuality and Kusanagi's weirdness with it. Yes, yes. Because then the other thing is that his wife is reincarnated into a boy that's a year younger than him, and so he is like in love with his like neighbor boy. And the neighbor boy is like, "We're both dudes. You can't do this." And the guy's like. Mm-hmm care about gender Uh, but then he does end up with the girl so it does kind of reinforce heteronormativity but she was also a dude in past life so is it gay (laughs) you decide you decide um yeah uh but basically it all culminates in this like reflection on when it's okay to let go of past guilt and live in the moment versus living for penance. Whereas I think Yona is moving on from like traumatic shit that happened to you and getting stronger in the face of like hardships. You know what I mean? But both kind of deal with like life is rough. How do you move on? And I really like those themes in Yona. So I really liked it in NG life. It just took for fucking ever to get to it. So by the time (laughs) I got to it, I was like, I just wish this had been like, 20 chapters shorter we had gotten to the sooner but you finished it but i finished it okay do you have any random tangents before we get into i have not but i cannot promise not to random tangent in the middle of the episode so no i love that Um, but I do have not a tangent because it is yona related but it's not chapter related uh before we get into it I just didn't want to hold the floor for forever because, you know. Okay, but uh, I promised, I think, probably the first or second episode that I would talk about fashion. I wish I hadn't promised that because I don't know anything about fashion. (laughs) But it did lead to an interesting discovery. So, 
I have been waiting for Lily because she has a distinctive outfit. And so I figured she would be a good time to like bring this up. Yeah, you know, it's on my notes even that I really like her like hairpin, that like little rose thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think she looks very nice. I like her outfit. I think it looks really comfy, actually, too. Yes. I would wear it. Okay, so again, please take this with a grain of salt because I don't know anything. But I think Lily is wearing a hanbo and it is spelled H-A-N-B-O-K. And I learned very recently that it's not pronounced Hanbok. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I feel like we've all seen this word before, but according to Google pronunciation, it is Hanbo. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, the origins trace back to the Three Kingdoms period, which is where we're at sort of right now in Coca. She's the only one wearing it. So I think that she might be a fashion icon on the cutting edge of the trend. That's why nobody else is wearing it. That's my headcanon. (laughs) Accepted. Thank you. Uh, They were designed to facilitate ease of movement, which actually works really perfectly for Lily as a character who's always on the move despite being told by her father to stay still. (laughs) Classic teenage girl. (laughs) Everyone else except for Jiha, I believe, wears some sort of kimono. Kimonos are, of course, Japanese-style clothing originating from the Haiyan period. They are robes cinched at the waist by an obi or a tie. Not too much to say about that. I mean, kimonos still exist, and I think they pop up in, like, Japanese media a lot, so I think we all kind of are familiar with them. But then Jiha eluded me. At first, I thought, because I was going with everybody else's reading, and I was like, okay, he's Chinese-based, so what historical Chinese clothing can I look into? So I thought it might be a Changshan, which is a traditional dress or robe or long jacket worn by men in China. But then I remembered that I have the theory that it's based on Mongolia. And lo and behold, there is a traditional Mongolian piece of clothing called a dale. And it looks pretty darn close to Jiha's outfit. So I'm going to count this as a win for myself. And I was really excited to find this. Another tally for mongolia so alex yes okay the dale spelled d-e-e-l looks like a large overcoat when not worn instead of buttoning together in the middle the sides are pulled against the wearer's body the right flap closes to the body with the left covering okay i copied and pasted from wikipedia i don't know what the fuck that means (laughs) (laughs) what did i just read Whatever. The point of this that I wanted to get to is that there are five or six clasps holding the top flap in place. There's one clasp below the armpit at three at the shoulders and one or two at the neckline. I just thought that was interesting that it like fastens underneath his armpit. So that's why it stays like close to the side of the body. Gotcha. If that is what it is. I'm accepting it as that's what it is. Okay. Thank you. All right. Are we ready to get into chapter 79? Yes, let's. Okay. This one's called Just Watching. The chapter opens with my girl, Lily. We get a little better feel for her and how she fits into this world. This doesn't mean anything because it's just a thing Kusnagi likes to do with semi-background characters, but Ayur and Tetra get the same naming treatment as Teyu and Hangday, which is to say that they get these little asides above them that say, I'm so-and-so. And it's just like a cute thing she does. And I was reading this and I was like, 
every time I see this, I just wish this was a thing outside of manga because it would be so fucking useful in a narrative. Because there are sometimes when you're like writing characters meeting for the first time and this one like character A doesn't know character B's name and it's like when is an appropriate time to introduce character B's name because you can't just like nobody wants you to use an epithet forever but also it's kind of awkward to be like uh by the way I'm Alice not that you care or anything like (laughs) it's a cliche like that and it's just like sometimes I just really wish there was a shorthand. Yeah, because it's hard. Like, you would think it would just pop up in conversation, but at least for me, not always. Mm -hmm. Like, there have been plenty of times where, like, I remember there was a specific time in high school, there was a guy I was in debate in forensics, as you know, and there was, like, a guy from another school that I talked to for a really long time about zombies, (laughs) Uh, and I never, and I was like, he was real cute, we were vibing, it was like, he had on these cute blue suspenders, and I was telling my mom, I was like, well, what was his name? I was like, no idea. Like, not once did that ever come up in conversation. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, there's so many people I've met in the world where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, they didn't introduce themselves. Yeah, yeah. And after a while, it just becomes awkward. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you miss that window. The first thing we get from this conversation is that Era and Tetra work for Lily's family in some sort of capacity. Uh, they're ready when she calls, worry about defying her father, and help her get out of the palace so she can return to Shisen. It's also revealed in this first scene that her dad is the Water Tribe General, and he is overprotective to the point of locking her in her room, which is highly reminiscent of Yona's upbringing. Yes, I made note of that a couple of times about the parallels between Yona and Lily. Yeah. Were you expecting him to be her father? Yeah. Um, I, I, had, I had figured, I can't remember if it was said or not. I'm assuming not, because this is when the reveal would have been. But she seemed like basically the lady of the water tribe. So it made sense to me. Really? Or the heir of the water tribe. She seemed to have that air about her. Especially just like having attendance. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought of Vera and Tetra. So you, yeah, it was basically clear that they're attendants. Yeah, because weren't they already my lady-ing her last chapter? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. But yeah, I figured, yeah, that was who she was. Um, I am struck immediately in this chapter. You can very much see that she's a doer or that she wants to be a doer and mm-hmm. wanting to take a more active role. Yeah. Which I love about her because it's very clear that she wants to do more, but she's terrified of it. Yeah. And so you can see a lot of like inner struggle of her being like, I'm so fucking scared. I don't know if I can do this, but also like someone has to help. Yeah. I love that about her. Next is a quality joke where Lily accidentally runs straight into Yona and the gang as they're talking about how suspicious they are. And yes, Aaron and Petra oh take God. one look at them and start choosing who gets which hot boy. <laughs> so good. They're just so good looking. <laughs> No, but I laughed at that too because he was. She says they were blatantly suspicious, is what mm-hmm. she tells her attendants. And then I was just thinking to myself, Yoon is just standing somewhere. Like, what is this well of validation I'm feeling in my chest? <laughs> like, because what she does say whenever they reach a new place is, "You guys are a bunch of freaks." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Not keeping a low profile. So cannot. Just, There's so also yeah. a very funny joke in the next chapter where they're all <laughs> deciding who gave it away first. And yes. Like, How do you and not you see that you're like, all suspicious? It's fucking all of you. Yes. <laughs> Every single one of you. No one will let you live. Nobody. Uh, it's uh, my favorite. I know I've said this before, but my favorite recurring gag. <laughs> absolutely. Agree. And speaking of favorites, my favorite panel of the entire series yes, is Lily saying, men are deathly dull before 35, any younger, and I don't care. And his <laughs> side arrow points at her and says, 17 years old. <laughs> it was us as teens. And I just want to use this as an excuse to call you out for thinking that Bill Clinton is hot. I was young. I was stupid. <laughs> I no longer think this. He does actually look <laughs> decrepit and gross now. Uh, in addition to being like essentially a predator, but <laughs> yeah, but like fifteen years ago, fifteen know. years ago, yeah. And seventeen-year-old Vandalina was like, he could blow his sacks at me any day. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> You're the one who did. <laughs> You're the one who had the fantasies. Uh, but yeah <laughs> you and my mom would make the same joke about like okay Monica <laughs> <sighs> oh perfect oh but hey, yeah Tom that's Cruise. us we all had a huge thing for Tom Cruise huge thing for Tom Cruise you did too uh, yeah I said we all did oh I heard y'all and I was like excuse me do not no, our whole little trio I <laughs> Well, think him and Valkyrie specifically is like, yeah, like that was his peak attractiveness is that movie. Yep, we were teens when Tom Cruise was in his like 40s, and we were like, that's a man <laughs> to the point where Kerrigan's then boyfriend for like their anniversary got her a locket with Tom Cruise's <laughs> like that was the level. Oh, I'm glad we found each other, I'm so glad too. <laughs> Yeah. Lily's next line is, the men are suspicious, but I'm most curious about that girl. And this was the moment I was like, okay, I've seen fan edits of her with like jokey lesbian captions. I get it now. Yeah, I was. That was a question I had for you was, do people ship them? Mm, Yes, I think so. But I don't think I've ever read anything with them shipped. Gotcha. They're mostly friends. I do ship Lily with someone, but uh, we'll get to that at some point. I can't tell you yet. It's a secret. Uh, I'm assuming she gets her older man, because I feel like at one point you had a tag about you being glad that she got her older man. <laughs> Did I? I don't know. But I'm assuming at some point she does get an older man. Okay. Because I have this memory that apparently may or may not be a real memory, but... <laughs> I think you made that up or misread it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, okay. who's to say? Who's to say? Okay. Neither confirming nor denying. Uh, we go from Lily sucking at stealth to the gang plotting their next move. Gia stresses that it's still dangerous, but he won't try to talk Yona out of anything again. And then he says, if I think your life is at risk, no matter what you say, I'll scoop you up and run. Which I wanted to bring out because I think I think it's a subtle way to emphasize the gravity of the situation. Because Jiha's made this 
offer a couple times before, but it's always like really flirty and jokey. And he's like, yeah, you can, you can take me out for a ride any day. But here he's uh, very serious about it. And uh, I like when non-serious characters get serious because it's, yeah. I also like this line um, because, again, it does show their faith in Yona because he, he like, proceeds it with, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Mm-hmm. Just, like, no, I will pull you out <laughs> if I deem. But he's going to let her try first. Yeah. Which also just shows how far they've come. Yeah. Ugh, they know each other, their family. This is what it's about in long-form media. I love this progression. Back to Lily, who narrowly escapes the terrifying probably traffickers thanks to her cool-headed judgment. Cool-headed judgment. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, t- I put down, ma'am, you panicked and ran. <laughs> In my notes, I have, I love that none of them, even Lily, really believe that she got them out on her own merit. Yeah, and I love that Cheetah himself was just like, hey, should I get And Jonas like, yeah, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so you know what i was thinking of i might have misspoke the last time we were talking because i said that like both yona and jihan knew that lily had eyes on them but it was never really confirmed like it's it's definitely confirmed that she was following yona but was she the one that jihan felt eyes on or is it the like nadai traffickers that he also saw watching him in the like sex house that he was in i'm not sure I'm not sure either. So, uh, mild retraction. I don't know if that was Lily or not. I assumed it was, but the more I think I about it. I mean, it... I know she did pinpoint his clothes. Oh, that is true. Okay. Maybe I can stick with it. But I'm not positive. Yeah, so going back to something earlier you said about seeing parallels between Lily and Yona... I think it's fun coming from Tejun, who was also surrounded by yes-men like Aira and Tetra, but she, Lily turned out differently. Uh, he lets it go to his head, terrorized the people around him, whereas she just wants to make her tribe a better place and gets a little reckless with her plans because she's not used to hearing no. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool that like there's this progression of she got better and then she found Tejun, who was sort of like her like spoiled and then made him a better person and now she's with lily who's sort of like her and sort of spoiled and we'll see where that goes and see how like she changes lily's life but i just love that she's like going around the kingdom and like (laughs) taking up generals sons and daughters and it's like i will befriend you whether you want this or not yeah (laughs) hawk is in there too and then the only reason she doesn't have two more is because gente and judo don't have kids (laughs) that's her little side plot (laughs) and then i was thinking about how suwan is getting all the generals on his side whereas yona's getting the general's kids so like maybe there's something to do with like present versus future i don't know there might be something there Yona getting that millennial Gen X revolution going. <laughs> or Gen Z, excuse me. Yeah. She's, she's molding the next generation, whereas Suwan is just like shaping up the current one, maybe? We'll see. I don't know what he's doing right now. And then we get a flashback. Speaking of generals, Lily's dad, 
you'll notice I never say his name in my notes. <laughs> I'm just going to get around it this entire That hour. shady bitch. <laughs> shady bitch. Says he doesn't want to take drastic measures because trade with South Kai is important. And Lily's like, they're killing us. They won't be anyone to trade with if we all die. And then she says, this is why no one respects the water tribe, which tells us a lot about how this tribe fits into the greater scheme of Koka as a whole. And it also makes sense about why we've heard so much about all of the other tribes, but we like met the general once at the beginning when like Suwon was coronated and then like never heard about or from the wind or the water tribe again. And it's because no one thinks about them or respects them. So that's interesting. Also, Kuznagi, I'm begging you to create more location names that don't start with S. My family is dying. Everywhere <laughs> starts with S and I was going insane writing my notes. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so then from her room in the inn, Lily notices Lily or Lily notices Lily. Cool. Lily notices Yona and the boys going into what we find out at the tavern, spurred on by her desire to not follow in her father's footsteps and actually take action, like you said. She decides she's going to single handedly take down this trafficking ring herself. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> the girl is so lucky that it's just Yona because she is so naive. It's adorable, and she's, like, really well-written, but reading this back, like, this time, I'm very nervous for her. I'm like, oh, my God, so many things can go wrong. I'm so worried about you. Yes, you're 17 years old going into a fucking bar. Going into a bar trying to take down what you believe are a ring of of drug traffickers that are ruining your country. (sighs) I guess that's just what 17 is like. (laughs) delusional i know god it is wild (laughs) looking back on all the times where i thought that i knew everything yeah god bless uh the folly of youth (laughs) in the tavern yona is dancing it's nice to see her main skill is still being put to good use side note i have a sticker of this dance on my laptop and it makes me happy every time i open my laptop case from Redbubble, I think. I just have in my notes more dancer Yona. Very stoked about it. And she looks so hot here. Oh my god, she looks the best she ever looks or has. You go, girl. Especially um the last panel when like, you know, she's asking Lily if she's okay. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like, my god, like you know she's like if she were a real person, she'd be like glowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my notes, I have, how does Lily not have the biggest crush on Yona right now? Because, <laughs> yeah, that ending, she's, like, so cool. She gets to, like, rescue the damsel in distress. And look hot doing it. And look hot doing it. She's just, yeah. Good for you, Yona. Good for you, Yona. Uh, right. Okay, but before that, before that. Uh, as Lily gets herself into trouble with a drug addict, we have some narration about the plan. On a dark night in this town, you'll play the part of a beautiful, happy person. You'll draw out the jealousy and violence of the weak souls Nadai preys on. Find someone who seems unlikely to be using it and focus on them. If all goes well, we could learn more about Nadai from someone who's turned violent or from someone nearby. So that's their plan. Also, I like how poetic it is. (laughs) On a dark night in this town. That's really not necessary, Jiha, but like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. So you know, around this around the room, the boys are clustered into logical twos, 
Jiha has Yoon, Hawk has Zeno, and Gija has Sheena, which, I mean, Yoon and Zeno are kind of powerless, so it makes sense to partner them up with powerful people. But then Gija and G- Sheena are pretty equally matched, but Gija has always been shown to like be protective of Sheena, so I think it makes sense that they're together. And I, mm-hmm. I like that these are the duos that got paired up. It makes perfect sense to me. And the only one who's really alone is Yuna. But it's fine because she's about to kick some ass. That's right. She turns out to be the strong partner for Lily. The Nadai addict from earlier punches Lily in the face and none of the boys are close enough to intervene. But Yona gives him a roundhouse kick in the face and then asks Lily, you there, are you all right? And that's how the chapter ends. I would have gotten the biggest lesbian crush on her. Oh my god. The hugest lesbian crush. Absolutely. (laughs) Period. But that aside, I love just that she's the one to save Lily. Not just because you know, it shows how she's come so far and is able to, you know, be a part of the offense. But there's just something about because women tend to be the more vulnerable ones in general so just the idea that there's this natural like we need to band together we need to help each other Mm -hmm. um it was something i was contemplating yesterday i was watching um and here's your tangent that i promised uh i was watching the new west side story uh yesterday did you like it i still haven't watched it but i i saw a clip of it it looks amazing yeah, it's, um, I would call it, I think it's better than the original. Um, it is, at its heart, still West Side Story. Yeah, so, sure. Not my favorite, but. Yeah, so it's like this, the, most of the songs don't really do anything for me. Uh, the it, I think it relies too much on its score, because there's a lot of just music and then, like, ballet choreography. Like, all the stuff when the jets are dancing, I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but, uh. And just the fact like there's no like big finale finale really uh it's kind of weird but um but that's okay i digress but one of the uh, um i can talk a lot about the changes that i really like but one of the changes i really liked or just one of the things they put in is first of all rita moreno is um the doc character the like store owner that helps tony the idea is that she's married to doc and she herself is like a puerto rican who married a white guy so she's basically like the bridge between the Jets and the Sharks because she's accepted by the Jets. She even has a line to Tony um, when he's like, yeah, Riff doesn't hate you. And she's like, yeah, because she he thinks of me as a, a white woman, or as a gringa because I married a white man, but mm-hmm. I ain't. And then, of course, the Sharks, you know, because she herself is Puerto Rican. So there's that. And it's the scene where Anita's coming in to kind of give the message for Tony and then... Um, the jets like basically try to gang rape her uh mm-hmm. and then and there she's saved by doc and in this one she's saved by rita moreno but before she's saved by Marina, rita moreno uh graziella who was riff's girlfriend she's like one of the jets girls actually tries to save her like she yeah. comes in and they're all talking shit to anita even graziella herself is like you know how dare you come in here speaking spanish but then once the guys are starting to circle her like Graziella immediately knows like something's going wrong she's like hey stop 
And then yeah. once they're like grabbing at Anita, like Graziella is actually trying to grab her herself to the point where they actually throw her out and lock her out. And then she's banging on the door saying like, don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's when Valentina comes in and saves her. Uh, but it was just I thought I thought it was really powerful because it's just like again these are two girls that are on opposing sides and even not respecting Anita, feeling racist towards her is still like this is not something that should happen to another woman and as yeah. another woman I need to step up. Um, I so that. I thought that, yeah I thought that was a really good change. Also fun fact Graziella and. Um, I read this afterwards. Graziella and Anita's actresses are best friends in real life. Like they've been friends for years. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I love that. I love shit like that. But yeah, that's your tangent for the day. I just, God, I just really love women supporting women and women getting to say, yeah, me too. Something beautiful about it. Mm hmm. Okay, and then we get more women supporting women and also boys supporting women in chapter 80. Getting involved. Starts with a hawk thirst trap cover. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I said, I respect and admire the way Kuznagi's just like, this is my hot boy and I will show off his, <laughs> off his hot boy body. <laughs> it's a thirst trap though. That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> He's got his titties all wrapped up and out for the world and then there's a cute little doodle of Teo and Hangday being silly okay onto the chapter Yona attempts to help Lily get to safety but she's pulled away some, by some very creepy men who have their hands all over her it is pretty disturbing and Lily is properly horrified Yona tries to tell her to run but she's already being attacked by yet another very creepy dude who has smashed a bottle and can't be looking to do anything good with it. Just in time, Zeno saves the day. He jumps on the guy's back and says, young fellow, if you must hit something, Zeno is right here. Also, he's thrown off the guy's back and doesn't seem to care that he falls on his head and is like crumpled in half at the impact. But pretty rough landing. There's his power, I guess, Mr. Invulnerable. I did like as much shit as I give Zeno. I did like him just looking at Lily and saying, run, young lady. Very polite. Yeah, he's a polite young man. What do you mean by uh, his power? Because that's his whole thing. His body is supposed to be like strong or impervious, right? Yeah. And I know they tested it before and, you know, like but Hawk was able to punch it. But he does seem to be weirdly unscathed all the time. Like when... You know, when they were in the battle with the fire tribe and everything, all, you know, all he had was a shield. Hmm. As everyone true. But yeah, but I feel like he always just comes out unscathed. So I, I, I think his power does work. Okay. You noticed something I didn't on my first read. I didn't <laughs> I did not notice that. Good point. Okay, so yeah, his, his body is impervious to uh, being thrown off and uh, folded in half on the ground. God bless him. Then Gija steps in to save Yona. He threatens to crush the head of the guy who was attacking Yona. He looks so badass. <laughs> that cool expression on his face with the head and this giant claw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool to see Gija so dead-eyed. It's another yeah. case of one of those like silly characters getting serious. Gija really only gets cold in battle. and It's really fun to see. It is. There's your boy. Speaking of my boy, I really love once Hawk shows up 
mm-hmm. and is like, you know, because she, Yona's basically saying like, hey, we're, we're not trying to hurt them. Come on. And Hawk's like, you're the one who kicked, um, or Jiha's like, you're the one who like kicked a guy in the face and just her being like, I was copying you, Jiha. Yeah. And then that exchange where Hawk's like, see, you're a bad influence. And he was like, no, well, that's why her form was exquisite. Like, <laughs> such a fun exchange. Again, seeing how they learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I just like that that was something that she was able to take from Jiha. I do too. I love that. Yeah. And him complimenting on her. It's like, no, she looked great. She did great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Flattery will get her everywhere with Jiha. It was Hawk, by the way, who said, Look who's talking, you jump kicked a customer. Yeah. <laughs> a great line. Um also speaking of Yona being like, No, we don't want to hurt them. I like that that's her viewpoint. I think it's really cool that like none of these people are being villainized, even though they're clearly a danger to society. And mm-hmm. all of the boys are like, I don't really feel right just like letting them run free on the streets. But Yona's like, they're they're addicts and it's not their fault, which is true. I mean, like addicts are sick. So it's very cool to yeah. see that. Yeah. And that is only like a perspective that's really been given more spotlight in the recent years. The idea that sure. addiction is a disease and it's not just like oh you deserve to be thrown in jail or oh you're the one who ruined your own life yeah personal feelings Mm -hmm. yeah i agree which is also kind of why i'm like impressed by this because i feel like this would have been coming out probably early 2010s so that was still like early for this viewpoint you know what i mean yeah um also in this battle I love that Sheena asks permission before murdering someone. I don't know why I find it so sweet, but I love that he always asks, like, Yona, can I cut a bitch? And Yona's usually like, no, please. <laughs> he me up every time. Uh, but yeah, so going back to Hawk and Jiha talking to Yona in a blink and you'll miss it move. Hawk gives her his big, like, overcoat thing here. And it's a really sweet move. I don't know if you caught it. I did not. I will go back. It does. And she looks very cute in his, like, giant overcoat. Um, But, so my reading of this has always been, you're basically naked. Here's my jacket so you don't get cold. (laughs) Basically, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to, like, put on the dance anymore. Let's, like, get you covered up. Uh, But not in, like, a one I want to hide you sort of way. You know what I mean? Just, like, Mm -hmm. it's cold. But, so one of our listeners, Manira who has written in multiple times, so hello again, uh, reads this moment as um, Hawk proceeds to wrap his overcoat around her as comfort because she's literally just been assaulted. It just, It's just shown between panels and is such a small detail, but Kusnagi's able to show us that Hawk cares for her safety without being borderline possessive or controlling, which unfortunately oh. is a common trope in shoujo, YA books, shows in general. Yep gold star take all around (laughs) yeah yeah i did i really loved that reading i've never read it like that but i enjoyed that perspective and also agree i like that neither one of the neither one of us read him covering her up as i need to cover her up because she's showing too much skin you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just like nice and healthy and i love my kids and then i'm actually not sure who says this but someone asks are they immortal? 
My money's on Yona because she's the most naive of the group, but I don't know. because She's not like stupid, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have no idea who says that line. And then someone, and this time I'm assuming it's Jiha, says Nadai users have almost no pain left. So that's why they can fight so brutally and not look affected. So just more like Nadai explanation. Getting bits and pieces of how fucking awful this drug is. They get back into the fray with the intent to capture and not harm. Hawk and Jiha look super cool in this section. I love a good smirk in battle, and Jiha always wins me over with this one moment in this chapter where he, like, smirks in the middle of the battle. Because he's a charming son of a bitch. Now, if only he didn't talk about his love for anyone's music. <laughs> and then we check in with Lily, who is cowering in a corner. Poor girl. Yona comforts her and gives her a hug, and it's a very sweet scene. And also, Al is there, so it's like a little girl gang. Yeah, good for them. And then also that this was another point where I was like, okay, the parallels. Like Yona herself, who was the pampered lady who was unaccustomed to conflict, who froze when, you know, uh, who originally would freeze when all the shit was going down. Now she's the one to see, you know, this other young girl black screening and going over and hugging her and being like, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah, for sure. Love to see it. Yeah. She has progressed so much from the beginning, and I feel like the first arc is where we see most of that, and then here is where we're starting to, like, really see it pay off. Like, we got little hints of it in the second arc, but, like, yeah. We have we see her on the other side of that, sort of. Like, she still has room to grow, but mm-hmm. it's very nice. This is a good section. I don't know if you noticed this, but <laughs> at this moment, starts... A weird sort of running thing in the background of Owl trying to give Lily an acorn. Yeah, I saw it, especially at the end when Sheena's like straight up holding. And I I saw it specifically uh, when they've sort of been like, oh, you're Lady Lily or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sheena's holding Owl out. And then, (laughs) yeah, Owl's just there holding up a little acorn as Lily stares down like, okay. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was perfect. Oh, theory. People are comforted by food. Al is a food-centric character. Maybe she's like, this girl's having a rough go of it. She needs something to eat. Fun fact, that's kind of a spoiler. You're spot on. Ah! <laughs> this is the thing that Al does. She tries to give people food when they're sad or scared. <laughs> oh i love that yeah so i brought this up because i was like i'll bring i'll mention this later in like 30 chapters or whatever but yeah you got it already there hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was really impressive (laughs) (sighs) so outside yoon is taking care of lily while she mentally berates herself for crying in front of strangers and taking comfort from yona And I only bring this up because it's just like me for real. (laughs) (laughs) I am Lily. They're also nice to her that she thinks maybe they're not traffickers after all. But then Yona (laughs) asks for Lily's name and Lily's like, no, you, you're all very suspicious. You know, I thought you were a dancer, but you just kicked a guy in the face. So that's when they have their like moment of like (laughs) having to be like, if everyone would listen to everything (laughs) I've been preaching and praying and saying and praying. (laughs) No, no one will let my boy live. 
Speaking of Yoon, this is very random, but I've been watching My Hero Academia, which, by the way, is rough. (laughs) Yeah, you said. So it still hasn't picked up. No, it's fine. Like, I'm in season four now, so, like, (laughs) it's fine. But here's the deal. I've sort of trained myself to fall asleep to action movies and, like, TV shows. I love falling asleep to Full Metal Alchemist, and then I've... Which you actually loved. Which I actually love, yeah. I mean, I will only fall asleep to things I've I've seen before. Which is why you need to hurry up and watch Ted Lasso, because I feel like it'll be the perfect sleep show once you've watched it. I believe you, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just a lot of energy that I should expend into putting effort into a new series. It's so quick, though. Like, Mm -hmm. I finished it within three days. I believe you. I will get to it eventually. Talk about it, because you can't, I can't do spoilers. But there's no action in it, and that's the thing. Because I've also been, like, in rotation, I also will fall asleep to Inuyasha and Sailor Moon. (laughs) So this is a problem, because I I have... I thought you would fall asleep to, like, Parks and Rec at some point. I did used to fall asleep to Parks and Rec, yeah. So I should get back into falling asleep to nice things because the thing is that I can now like not stay awake from My Hero Academia. (laughs) (laughs) I swear I slept through like half of season three, but like who cares? Because the show's not great. Anyway, the point is that Yoon has the same actor, (laughs) the same voice actor in English as Bakugo. And I was like, no, that can't be right. So I looked it up and it is right. Uh, It's Clifford someone. Clifford Chapin. And then I just wanted to point out that I was very impressed uh, that he did not sound anything like Yoon. Anyway, Yona will never get a season two. But man, I hope Fruits Basket Proof Shoujo Animated to completion can be profitable. Because I just really want more shoujo in my life. Mm -hmm. It's rough on the streets, my friend. It's not much out there. Congrats to Yoon's voice actor for having the range. For having the range. Clifford Chapin. Kudos to you. Also, I like Bakugo. He's fun. But I only like, I like him a lot more now. Like, I liked him in the beginning, but he's one of those characters that, like, screams all the time, but not in fear. But not in fear. So it's fine with me. He's crazy because he's just, like, fucking angry all the time. Oh, see, that's okay, because technically Inosuke does that, too, on Demon Slayer, and I love Inosuke. Yeah. But Zenitsu, I was like, I want to fucking kill him. Like, all the, Exactly. All the if you're screaming for, like, no reason, like, get out of here. But if you're screaming because you're just, like, mad all the time, then sure, I don't know. It's fine with me. But I do really like that now he's, like, sort of maturing, and he's figuring out his shit and so he's like a little calmer and he'll still have like bouts of being very angry <laughs> but everybody around him is just basically like oh you're so cute oh that's fun he's a little sundere which i still don't like but he is sort of an exception it's fine okay so back to yona who introduces herself and says she's in shisen because she's checking out the drug crisis she heard about lily immediately says there was a yona who disappeared from the palace also someone called you your highness before (laughs) and yona and keisha freak out about it but yona's pretty smooth and he says yeah they have the same name so we call her that as a joke which i was impressed by 
Yes, I was too. And also, um, it was the panel that I chose to tweet this week because Yona and or Yona and um, Gija's faces are so funny, so good. And then it immediately goes. Um, this part I did not tweet, but uh, Gija immediately and profusely apologizing <laughs> to Yona for saying your your highness do liberally. While Yona tries to calm him down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this is also like another really good example of like Kuznagi knowing her characters really well. Because Yoon knows how to lie. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but like Gija is too high strung to lie and Yona is too honest. And so this is like it, they all act perfectly in accordance with their characters. And mm-hmm. little tiny moments like this are why I really trust kusnagi with her own story which sounds ridiculous but like sometimes people will just get out of character for no reason or like they need the character to do this so they do something out of character but like i feel like those just don't really exist in yona or if they do they're very few and far between because kusnagi just like gets these people Okay, so then Hawk comes over and says he's tied up the last of the Nadai addicts, but they're not settling down. And Lily thinks they're still over there. I had no idea Nadai made people act this way. So she's incredibly shaken, understandably. And she gets even more spooked when they talk about going to the shop where Jiha was drugged. Yona says they're trying to root out the problem at the source, and Lily thinks, I don't ever want to go through something that scary again. Which, I think we talked about this before, so we don't have to get back into it, but... I do like that, yeah, she sees, like, Lily wants to do things, but she's, like, clearly terrified, and I don't think anyone would blame her for wanting to back off, because, like, Mm -hmm. that was a bad situation. She got punched in the face. Like, that's not, that would be scary for anyone, but especially for, like, a pampered 17-year-old who's never been through any bad shit in her life. And then she gets to look mm-hmm. at Yona and have this source of, like, inspiration where Yona's just some girl and she's also fine with confronting scary things. And she's like, okay, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. And she doesn't even know that Yona's basically gone through the same thing of being, like, not going through any hardships and then going through some awful things and coming having to come out on the other side. And so... I just think that their parallels are, like, really beautiful. I'll always say this, but I think people are so much stronger than they think they are. Mm-hmm. I did love when Lily is telling Yona she's, like, weird for taking on everything that she took on, despite, you know, it's like, you know, they still came after her. And Yona's response is just like, I need to be stronger. <laughs> <laughs> thing where that determined face where her fists are balled up that she always does when she's like I need to do this Mm -hmm. she's such a little weirdo but perfect yeah exactly (laughs) and that's what Lily's telling her is like you're so freaking weird (laughs) yeah okay so then Lily tries to figure out what Yona's whole deal is but are waylaid by Yona and Hawk fighting about if she gets to come along to investigate. It's been decided that Yona, Yoon, and Zeno are getting left behind. Also Sheena, because he would be unthinkable <laughs> to go to the brothel. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> I had myself a good chuckle. But yes, it's just Hawk, Jiha, and I guess Geisha. 
Yeah, exactly. Because Keisha's just like, it'd be funny. Sheena, I, I'm assuming they're like, you know, they're, they're both too innocent for it. But Sheena would, Jim, it would, he's such a sweet little thing that they don't want to traumatize him. <laughs> and I think we have like, at least it, I mean, it would traumatize Geisha too, but at least it would be funny if it were Geisha. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that reading. Talking to God, just being like, who would be the funniest <laughs> to, to defile? Yes. <laughs> so good. Uh, um, but I'm just going to throw this out there that the last time Yona was left behind for a mission, Sheena went on a killing rampage and almost tried to kill Yona. So um, we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> Okay, so then, yeah, Yo- Yoon tries to smooth things over with Yona by asking her if she realizes what shop they're going to. And uh, it says that she has her suspicions, but doesn't want to think about it. Yes. <laughs> Which I just made a note of our babies growing up. Because she had no idea what was going on in Alet, and now she sort of has an idea. So she, like, yeah. she gets to know about the world. <laughs> This is random, but there is a joke where Hawk says things would be more difficult if Yona was in the shop with them, and she doesn't get it, but Jiha cracks up and Hawk clarifies the operation, of course. So, like, I get the joke, but wouldn't it have worked even better if Hawk had said things would be harder with you around? It would have been funnier. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> I had to double check because I have the volume in, like, physical form, so Viz translated it as more difficult but like come on get those dick jokes in there my friends (laughs) i could punch up your stuff so well okay so wrapping up the chapter ayura and tetra finally reunite with lily see that she's been harmed and immediately get ready to fight the dragons yes the fact that one just has her fists up and says dude in the long (laughs) line See, I was focused on Ayura, who pulls out a full sword and is ready to like, yeah. cut people down. Also, did you clock their reactions? Because they were so funny. Uh, the boys' reactions. Okay, so everyone looks shocked or terrified, except for Zeno, who looks delighted. <laughs> so maybe you were on to something about that impervious body. Maybe he's like, ah, fists can't do much to me. Actually, fists can do things to him because of hawk so maybe it's the sword that he's excited for (laughs) uh (laughs) things get cleared up al gets to give lily her acorn and hawk is implied to vaguely know lily and tetra and tetra thinks hawk looks familiar as well i expected this to be something when i first read this i expected there to be like we've met before we've talked before or maybe like a secondary love interest or a love rival for Yona to be like, oh, Oh, one of them's going to be in love with Hawk. I just assumed it was another we know who they are type thing where, you know, they played it off that Yona is not Yona the princess. Mm -hmm. I just thought this is another case of everybody who's a noble within the kingdom knows that, you know, Hawk is the Thunder Beast. So I thought it was just like one of those things of, yeah, like I know your identity. You're right. But when I was reading this the first time, I didn't take time to like stop and think about the plot. I was just reading really quickly and I was like, oh no, we're going to get a love rival situation. I do not want this. And thankfully <laughs> you're right and I was wrong and it doesn't turn into anything like what I was expecting. But yeah, I do like these moments of like, hey, you look really familiar. Oh, it's because we all like ran in the same circles. 
mm-hmm. which I like. I think that's fun. Uh, yeah. So then the last of it is that Lily decides to stick around a little longer, and that's it. Ready for next week. Ready for next. Exciting stuff is happening. Do you have any uh, thoughts you'd like to share since you're ready for next week? Or are you just going to be long for the ride? Oh, I'm just really enjoying this. I, I really like the addition of Lily. I'm assuming... I have a hard time believing that Yona is still just not going to be any part of the, the visit to the brothel. Like, I would not be surprised if she somehow winds up there. Hmm. Okay. Or at the very least, she'll certainly find trouble while they're gone, like she did last time. Okay. It's probably a safe bet. She'll either go to trouble or trouble will find her. Yeah. Or we could follow the boys. Or we could follow the boys. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it for us. This was a very long episode. Sorry, I got a lot to say because I got a lot of love for this section (laughs) and for Lily. And we learned a bunch of stuff sort of passively, but like in a good way. That's how you should learn about stuff in narratives. Go us. Uh, If you, as always, want to get in touch with us and discuss the narrative, hit us up at our Gmail, which is the Yonapod, which is also the Twitter handle of ours. And our Tumblr is the Yona Podcast. And if you ever just want to hit us up, uh, as individuals on Twitter, we are instead of writing without the A, that is Alex, and I am Witchy Evan. Cool. All right. Well, then I suppose I will see you and everyone else next week. Bye. <laughs>